0: Hey, Hello and welcome to the Middle East Forum speaker webinar series and podcast. I'm Stacey Roman and I will be moderating this discussion today. We are pleased to have Maurice Hirsch, an international lawyer that heads the legal stri- strategies for Palestinian Media Watch, join us to discuss the Palestinian Authority, victim or victor. Mr. Hirsch will speak for 15 minutes and open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type your question. And with that, I'll turn the discussion over to Maurice Hirsch.
1: Hi, good afternoon, good evening, uh, uh, depending on where you are in the world. Um, Thank you again for having me. Thank you, Stacey, for the introduction. Um, I am going to talk about something which I think is probably worth a doctoral thesis um, and all in about 15 minutes. Um, The different sides of what I'm going to talk about are, on the one hand, the Palestinian claim to victimhood, on the other hand, how the Palestinians then claim internally, the Palestinian Authority predominantly claim internally that they are actually victors and that victory is imminent. Um, And then thirdly, what Israel could possibly uh, um, do about those uh, both those situations. So firstly, the argument of Palestinian victimhood. This is probably the easiest thing to present anywhere. Everybody knows clearly that the Palestinians are victims. The entire world knows that Palestine was occupied. The entire world doesn't know that. Palestine was obviously the first country occupied before it even came into existence, but everybody knows that Palestine is occupied. Everybody knows that Israel impedes the free movement of of Palestinians because they can't move freely around in all of Palestine. Everybody knows that Israel denies access to Palestinians to uh, um, religious sites. Everybody knows that Israel is planning to destroy the Al-Aqsa mosque. This is what the Palestinian knows. These are the messages that they give out constantly around the world through their different sources, through their different representatives, but time after time after time, keeping that same message over and over and over again. Everybody knows that Israel denies the Palestinians, refugees, the right to return, the right, the freedom of of their ability to to go back to their homes from 1948, because everybody knows that that's a right that international law grants to every single refugee and specifically to the Palestinian refugees um, as set down in in UN resolutions. No one actually bothers to read the UN resolution to see whether that is actually true or not. It actually isn't. Um, Nobody bothers to look into international law because when you say that, same statement over and over again, and serious people repeat that same statement, it becomes fact. And the reason that it becomes fact is because it's really preaching to the choir. Everybody wants to hear the story that Israel is an evil aggressor. The UN, let's start with the UN, where the Palestinians have an almost automatic majority of the non-aligned countries and the countries that do not see themselves as part of the more enlightened bloc, uh, shall we say the countries that see themselves as victims that will always vote in favor of the Palestinians and will always vote in against Israel these are the countries that voted for the infamous Zionism is racism resolution um, if the Palestinians presented a resolution saying the world is flat that resolution would pass because Israel is responsible for the world being flat when you talk about the human rights council it's just unbelievable the things that you're seeing The only country in the world that is singled out by the Human Rights Council in a specific discussion item point twice yearly is Israel. There are no other human rights violators. Everything is about Israel. It feeds into the biases that they all want to hear. They base their reports on other reports written by Palestinian NGOs, supported by the international community, funded by the international community. Some of whom are actually part of terrorist organizations. The terrorist organizations realized a long time ago that in order to win this propaganda war, we can't just go out into the streets and murder Israelis with our weapons. We need to be fighting on every single level. They set up an entire network of NGOs that devote themselves to the fight in all of these international uh, um, organizations. They use the most simple weapon possible. Intelligent argument doesn't work. Legal arguments don't work. They use simple emotion. It's the easiest thing to argue, that obviously Israel is responsible for, for all of our ills. We present the, pi- the pictures of children who have suffered at the hands of Israelis. We make claims that really no other country would uh, um, have to suffer with. but. Since Palestine, the country, obviously, the Palestinian Authority, is not really held to any standard of proof, any claim goes, any claim can be made. Claims can be made, for example, a claim that I dealt with in, um, while working as the head of the, the prosecution for military prosecution for Judea and Samara is the claim that Palestinian minors are held in solitary confinement. Great claim. You have a minor, he's arrested, he's put it alone into a cell in a detention center is that solitary confinement. Of course it is. Everybody knows that the Palestinian is there. He's by himself, that solitary confinement. But what happens if there's a law or a provision in the law, of, even in international law, that provides that minors have to be held in detention separately from adults? And what happens if that minor is the only minor in a detention center? Can you then hold him together with the adults in breach of a real provision, or, do you have to suffer the claim that the Palestinian minor is then being held um, in solitary confinement? Now, you can take this claim to, uh, um, to wherever you want. Um, I'm a big fan of the, of the film The Usual Suspects, and, 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 and Kevin Spacey, describing a, a, and one of the geniuses of the film, I think, um, sums it up saying that the greatest trick of the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. The Palestinians have taken that to a whole different level. They've convinced the world that there is a specific evil in the world that doesn't really exist. That evil has a name. That evil is responsible for many of the woes of the Palestinians to the point where world leaders who come to Israel talk about that evil that doesn't exist. I am, of course, referring to the um, the, the, the modern day trope of, of, of settler violence, of the 650,000 Israelis who live in areas of Judean and Samaria that by international law should be part of Israel proper, um, that were in 1948 invaded illegally by the Jordanians, who then decided to call that area the West Bank. And now Israelis have returned to their areas, areas that really were the cradle of Judaism, areas such as Hebron, where Jews have lived for 3,500 years, apart from a small period in time, 1929 to uh, uh, to 1967, we left obviously Hebron because the Arabs murdered 67 people um, in a, in in one day um, and and almost decimated uh, uh, the community. And then when Anthony Blinken, the U.S. Secretary of State, lands in Israel for a meeting of the Arab of the Abraham Accords, the first thing he says in his in his press conference with Israeli Prime Minister Bennett is that Israel must stop. Building it in Judea and Samaria, the heartland of, 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 of Israel's history, and stop the settler violence. Now, what are we talking about, the settler violence? We're talking about the claims of the Palestinians. Settlers have have cut down trees. Well, where are the trees? How do we know the trees that have actually been cut down were actually cut down by settlers? What happens if Israelis, just Israelis who live in Tel Aviv come to Judan Samaria and carry out an, a, and carry out an, a, an attack for whatever reason? Of, of, of pa- against Palestinians. Are they also settlers? Is that also to define defined as settler violence from the point of view of the Palestinians? Yes, of course it is. And when Anthony Blinken, the US Secretary of State, uh, um, echoes those claims, then he is really giving credence to all of those arguments. The second part of that is that the world just wants to hear those arguments. For example, I'm sure that every single one of you has heard the claim that Gaza is under siege. Well, we at Palestinian Media Watch decided to investigate that claim a little bit, and we found a UN site. Now, we're not talking about an Israeli propaganda site. We're not talking about the Friends of Israel. We're talking about a UN site of OCHA, the the, the, uh, um, the coordinator for Humanitarian Affairs in the Occupied Territories. Um, they are not Israel's friends. But if you look carefully at their website, it shows that in, in 2021 alone, there were three three hundred 358,000 366 entries and exits from Gaza. That means one in every six Gazans entered or exited exited Gaza. That's not a blockade. That's not a siege. Most of those people came actually into Israel in order to carry out trade, in order to receive medical uh, 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 treatment. But many of them also left the border going with to Egypt. Now, You have to understand a little bit of geography to understand that when the claim is made that Israel has a blockade over Gaza, there's a whole entire border, the Southern border, which Israel doesn't control. It's controlled by Egypt. Everybody should know that. And that border is open and closed by the Egyptians. Israel has and cannot control what goes on there. That's how Hamas, for example, brings in most of its weaponry in tunnels that it's dug under the site. Now, that doesn't affect, even though these statistics are on the site of the UN, it doesn't in any way deter almost every single UN organization, including OCHA, the organization that gathers the statistics from claiming that Gaza is under siege. Now, taking all of that victimhood, the question then has to be asked, well, how exactly does the Palestinian Authority persuade its people that not only are we winning this battle but we're actually inevitably going to take over and get rid of israel so the answer to that is actually quite simple Um, uh, it starts with the idea that there is a palestinian authority the greatest achievement of the palestinians ever was israel's agreement to create the palestinian authority created as part of the oslo accords starting 1993 to 1995. Um, this is the the self-ruling government of the palestinians um, it is an absolute monster, um, which uh, uh, um, which runs the lives of the Palestinians on the one hand, but on the other hand is in charge of almost every single one of the evils that Israel needs to deal with. Now, to understand the level of really of of, of chutzpah of the Palestinian Authority, we have to understand one fun, fundamental point. As part of the Oslo Accords, Israel agreed to basically fund the entire uh, activities of the Palestinian Authority um, by collecting taxes and passing those taxes over to the PA. The PA uses that money for everything it does to attack Israel. The international community obviously steps in, uh, adds on funding, adds on project funding. It used to fund the general budget, but generally no longer does, um, because of the ills of the Palestinian Authority. But it steps up to pay for The salaries of the teachers, the salaries of the health workers, the Palestinian needy. Um, On every single level, every time the UN or the the international community steps in and provides aid to the Palestinian Authority, it means that the aid or the money that Israel is collecting and giving to the Palestinians can be used for all of their own purposes. What do I mean their own purposes? Things like the incitement in the Palestinian school books. We all know what's going on in fifth grade books that teach about Dalal Mugrabi, the murder of 37 people, um, who is the great hero and a source of inspiration for the Palestinians. The endless maps of Palestine that wipe out every single reference to Israel. The teaching of, 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 of scientific rules by showing kids firing rocks at soldiers using slingshots the discussion of Palestinian kids, of how they watched an Israeli bus go up like a barbecue after kids from the neighboring village threw Molotov cocktails at the bus. Imagine seeing that in the educational material of your children, it's it's unbelievable. Um, the, The incitement continues on in every single walk of life. And all of that is funded by Israel. That's how the Palestinian Authority persuades its people, look, we're, we're moving forward. We can do all of these actions, not only with impunity, but with Israel funding it with our money. The money that Israel agreed to waive has suddenly become our money, has suddenly become Palestinian money. When Israel dares to consider taking some of that money away because of the illegitimate the, the, the use of the Palestinian Authority, It becomes Israel's theft of our money. Suddenly it's as if this country existed forever and somebody invaded it. Like Russia invading the Ukraine. Like as if Palestine existed since the beginning of time. And then you see specific instances. One which I'll give you like really a hot off the press um, from, from, from today. The, the the Palestinian Authority and the EU are having a little bit of a spat. The EU is withholding its funding to the Palestinian Authority um, because of the insidious nature of its school uh, uh, schoolbook materials. And so the Palestinian Authority is crying, out. How are we gonna pay our teachers? Now, in a normal situation, you would think, well, if the European Union, who isn't one of Israel's friends, is withholding money from, uh, um, the Palestinian Authority because of the school books, you would assume that everyone would understand that those school books are just not good. But today we hear that the World Bank has decided to step in and give $60 million to the Palestinian Authority to support the education system, to support those same insidious school books that teach incitement and hatred of Israel. Now the Palestinian Authority can also point to not a, num- not a small number of, of other achievements. For example, joining international organizations at the level of a state. First and foremost, obviously, the Palestinian attempt and successful attempt to receive me- almost member state uh, uh, status in the UN. It was a- eventually averted they received observer of a member state uh, uh, status on the one hand, thereafter joining the ICC and the International Criminal Court, and the entire attack that Israel is now under in the the International Criminal Court is a function of that process of joining international organizations and every organization they join, every organization they can show to the Palestinian people, this is another victory. We are being accepted more and more and more as a state. Um, The plans to take over Area C, Area C, Part of the oslo accords juda and samaria is divided up into three areas a complete palestinian control b joint control israeli palestinian and area c under entirely uh, israeli control and um, already uh, with the uh, palestinian prime minister salam fiyad he comes up with a plan to take over area c to expand palestinian uh, uh, residences in the area everything through illegal building. They will claim that, well, we have to build illegally because Israel doesn't allow us uh, to receive any building permits. They obviously neglect to mention that there are massive land reserves uh, um, in areas A and B, which are 40% of Judea and Samaria um, that aren't being used, and there they can be built. But the plan is to take over area C. The plan is to establish facts on the ground. That is why, in the last 10 years, there have been 30,000 additional illegally built, built uh, buildings in, in Area C. Um, and uh, uh, um, the unfortunate part of that is that Israel simply doesn't enforce the law. Whilst there is constant claims of Israel demolishes Palestinian houses, again, if you go to the, uh, uh, the UN site, and even more so from the, statist- the real statistics, you can easily see that of all of the demolition uh, um, orders that are put out, which were only about 12% of all of the illegal structures, only 10%, 1% of all of the structures uh, uh, effectively are actually demolished. Um, That's something which obviously uh, um, nobody tells you about. And the fact that many of these structures are actually built with the assistance of and with money from um, um, international players predominantly the, UN, the, the the European Union. Um, when you go to the prisons, this should be really the forte of Israel. We've arrested terrorists. We've put them in jail. But even there, um, the Palestinian Authority provides the prisoners, as Palestinian Media Watch leads, really the, the exposure of the Palestinian pay-for-slave uh, uh, policy, that while in jail, a prisoner gets paid. It's a great salary, and it's thereafter a job for life. They get an education, they get degrees. Conditions are really very, very good. They threatened recently to start a, a hunger strike um, if the, the conditions weren't improved. And the Israeli Prison Service sadly capitulated very quickly, um, agreeing to change all of the air conditioning systems, adding food to the, uh, uh, the request, really giving the prisoners a menu, saying, well, what would you like to order, sir? Um, and, uh, um, and so on and forth, so forth. Even to the extent of allowing prisoners who have siblings in other prisons can now conduct family visits. Let me say that again. I'm a terrorist, I'm in one prison. I have a sibling in another ter- in another prison who's also a terrorist. We should be held separately for all intents and purposes. But the Israeli prison service just agreed to allow family visits. It's it's simply unbelievable. Um, And so the last part of the the discussion really, as my time has already run out, um, I'll say it um, relatively uh, uh, short, um, is what Israel can do about this. Unfortunately, I have to say that the first and foremost thing that Israel can do is just grow a backbone. Just grow a backbone. There is legitimacy to fight terror. There is legitimacy to enforce the law. Israel should accept that the Oslo experiment failed. On the other side, there is no partner for peace. The PLO has never accepted Israel, will never accept Israel, and will continue to fight for Israel's destruction. Israel needs to understand that and to say, this process cannot go on any further. Secondly, we need to, to accept and understand and get over our own fear that The P.A. is not the be-all and end-all. There are other alternatives. The P.A. is probably the worst of the bad options. And therefore, we have to decide to take that to its logical conclusion and say, this process has ended. We do that by turning off the money. We control their money. We turn off the money. We need to, Israel needs to, publicly and clearly assert its unwavering claim to Judea and Samara. This is the historical homeland of the Jewish people. It was given to Israel by international law, Balfour Declaration, San Remo conference in 1920, and then by the mandate for Palestine. It was never changed. All of the area, as the Palestinians say, from the river to the sea belongs to Israel. That's on the one level. On the other level, towards the Palestinian Authority, we simply need to assuming that we wish to continue on with this Oslo fast and we need to assert our authority. We need to say to the Palestinian Authority, you will no longer use our money, Israel's money, not your money, our money to attack Israel. You will not use that money to reward terrorists. You will not use that money in breach of the Oslo Accords, in breach of the Accords that give you the money in order to join international organizations and then attack Israel. Israel must retake area C. Israel must enforce the law and destroy, demolish all of the illegally built structures. Obviously and clearly, we need to retake the prisons. I think that goes without saying, prison should become a prison and not a a, a holiday camp, not a place where terrorists get degrees and get rich on their way to secure employment in the Palestinian Authority. I'm not advocating for uh, um, bread and water. I'm not advocating for hard labor. I'm just saying that prisons should not be a summer camp. Um, towards the international community, Israel really has to stand up as well. Um, The UN organizations that run around in Israel do nothing for Israel's security and do everything to badmouth Israel, to defame Israel, to libel Israel, to lie about Israel, to support the the enemies of Israel, those organizations need to be asked to leave Israel. They serve no purpose here. And Israel is doing itself a tremendous disservice by allowing these people to stay in Israel and invent and promulgate and perpetuate uh, uh, their lies. As regards the European Union, I don't think I have to say very much to say that that Israel needs to stand up to the European Union and say that you can no longer build illegal structures in in Area C. In the event that Israel doesn't want to actually stand up and grow that backbone, as I said, um, what Israel should do is prioritize the demolition of every structure funded by international organizations. That's the only way they are alone You can spend your money, you can waste your money, but then it will be destroyed. If Israel were to respect itself more as a country, it would also earn more of the respect of the international community. Um, that's uh, uh, um, it, well past my time. I hope that uh, um, you're not going to kill me, Stacy. Um, uh, uh, um, But it just wasn't possible to put that doctorate um, into much less time. And there's just so much more to say as well.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. So we do have quite a few questions coming in. Kerry uh, Hillebrand asks, sadly, a soundbite is worth a thousand facts. Why aren't pro-Israel organizations cognizant of the simple fact in presenting our side?
1: Well, so uh, I, I think we are cognizant of, 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 of that argument. I think we do try to promote um, a, a, a quick response. But as the old saying goes, and, and, and it, it was the right then and it's still right today, a lie gets half the way around the world before the truth has even put its pants on. Um, and the Palestinians are so uh, uh, adept at, at really creating that lie and spreading it around the world, um, that really Israel has has no chance because you don't even know where it's coming from. A Palestinian attacks a Jew walking to uh, the, uh, the the old city to the Kotel on, on, on Shabbat afternoon, a, a Palestinian, Edits the video out, shows only the part where Israeli policemen are really dealing with the terrorist and shooting the terrorist. And suddenly Israel has carried out another extrajudicial killing. When you're not telling the truth, it's easy to create that lie. And that's something which Israel has a tremendous difficulty dealing with.
0: Thank you so much, uh, Richard Galber. asks, a very interesting pers- uh, presentation, is it not more important to first begin to retake the south and the north from the local Arab population?
1: I think that we have to understand uh, um, that that Israel's challenges are are, are 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 really numerous, and and one shouldn't come at the expense of the other. Um, the, the 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 similar uh, um, activities that we are seeing in the Negev, in the, in the south of illegal building out of control is something that needs to be dealt with. There at the same time, Israel needs to stop trying to prove that it is so enlightened and it is so tolerant of its Arab population. Israel accepts its Arab population. Israeli Arabs, as well as taking part in terror, which is unfortunate, are volunteering on an ever-growing level for service in the IDF. That is something that needs to be understood Israel needs to do a lot in order to provide services for the Israeli Arab population in some cases there are clear disadvantages and that needs to be dealt with um but I, I think we're far away from uh, the idea of of Israel has lost uh, entire control of, of, of the south it's something which Israel just with a little bit of will can uh, uh, um, can change and in the north, Israel needs to promote settlements. Uh, it, building Jewish settlements in the north, specifically in the Golan, is something that that needs to be promoted at every possible opportunity. It's an unbelievably picturesque uh, uh, area of the world, and it's strategically phenomenally important for Israel's uh, 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 long-term, uh, um, uh, uh, really survival. and And therefore, that's something which needs to be. Uh, promoted as well, again, not one at the expense of the other one in parallel with and along with the other.
0: Thank you, an anonymous attendee asks, uh, what can we do when the current Israeli government does nothing while the Palestinians are taking over area C and the Bedouins are encroaching in the negative, the coalition depends on raw merits, etc.
1: So I would uh, uh, love to be able to bash uh, uh, the current uh, Israeli government. but. Unfortunately, it wouldn't be an honest response. Um, as I mentioned, in the last 10 years, um, that's when most of the illegal building um, happened in Judea and Samaria. That's when most of the illegal building also happened I- I- in the Negev. This was not the responsibility of the current government, which has been in power for a year and a half. Um, that is, a, 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 It's unfortunately been something which Israel as a country has failed to deal with systematically for years and years and years. And I can, and and I unfortunately have to say that it's something which is common for all of the governments, um, and not specific only to uh, um, uh, uh, the current government, which albeit is reliant on Rahm, the the Arab party, um, but that's really not a major part of the problem.
0: Thank you. Uh, Jack Wasserman actually follows up on that. Isn't the most effective way of growing a backbone through its elections? Will the Israeli population start voting in more more leaders that that promote Israel victory?
1: Well, I think it would be nicer to be able to believe that we can vote for certain uh, uh, parties and that those parties will actually live up to their election promises. Now, I know that that is a naive statement. and, and how often do politicians actually live up to their claims? We can uh, quote that same uh, 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 quip about politicians. When do you know that they're lying? When their lips are moving? Um, but, but but really, Israel has, has really successfully voted for um, right-wing governments that have then changed the direction in which they decided to go and have voted for successive right-wing governments that then didn't implement policies that were reflective of so-called right-wing governments um, or governments that were strong and were willing to stand up to the international community. Sometimes it's just a question of picking your battles. Um, I'm sure that uh, 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 ex-prime minister Benjamin Netanyahu would say that it was more important for him to combat the Iranian nuclear threat than it was to stand up to other UN organizations or to uh, uh, um, or to 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 ensure the law enforcement in ju samaria um things are complicated and we have to accept that and sometimes there, there there is a trade-off of 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 priorities um i would like to argue that we could have done more and should have done more and across the board.
0: Absolutely, thank you, Judy Hirshon. asks, uh, can you comment on Ambassador Nide's uh, stating he doesn't understand why giving money to UNRWA threatens Israel's security?
1: Wow, um, I, 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 I don't know who watched any of uh, um, Ambassador Nide's uh, recent uh, appearance before um, American Friends for Peace. Now, um, this was a very, very unfortunate uh, um, uh, uh, performance. Um, where he says that people are haters if they object to the Palestinian Authority and paying salaries to terrorists, rewarding and incentivizing terrorism. And then you ask, why doesn't he understand the problem with UNRWA? UNRWA, let's talk about UNRWA. UNRWA's entire raison d'etre is to perpetuate the idea of Palestinian refugees. That plays into one single narrative that Israel will one day be forced to allow these five, now 5.6 million refugees and their families and their other descendants and their better halves to flood Israel and democratically destroy Israel. Now, Ambassador Knights doesn't understand why promoting and supporting an organization that has as its main and only goal The destruction of Israel is something which is detrimental to Israel's security. I think he has a major problem. Now, you can say it's all for the benefit of the poor Palestinian refugees. Well, let's look where those refugees live. Many of them live in Judea and Samaria and in Gaza, under the rule of the Palestinian Authority. Why are they even still uh, considered refugees? The others have lived in the Arab countries for the last 70 years. In Lebanon, they're prevented from working in most professions. They're prevented from owning land. In Jordan, they were given citizenship, but later some were stripped of their citizenship. These people have lived in these countries for 73 years. They've been used by pawns, by the Arab countries, as pawns in their battle to destroy Israel. There's an amazing uh, a document from the UN in 1951, which describes exactly the situation then, and it's relevant for today. The document says that as part of the discussions following Israel's war of independence, um, Israel offered the Arab countries to accept the, the lines drawn out in the armistice agreements as Israel's new borders, to allow Israel to integrate the Gaza Strip into Israel Papa and to provide everyone there with Israeli citizenship, and all the Arab countries had to do was recognize Israel. The Arab countries refused, and they said first, Israel must agree to the return of the then 800,000 Palestinian refugees. Flood yourself with all of our refugees. Give them all citizenship. Guarantee that they can outvote the existence of the Jewish country. And And that's our demand before we even discuss Israel's right to exist. It was written black and white then in the UN document 1951. It's exactly the same today. Israel is still begging to, for everyone to accept its right to exist, and the Arabs still demand, agree to flood yourself and vote yourself out of existence.
0: All right, thank you so much. I'm sure we could go on for quite a while more. We have quite a few questions left unanswered. Uh, but unfortunately, we've come to the close of our webinar. Before we go, could you tell our viewers where to find some more of your work?
1: So you can find uh, uh, pretty much all of my work on the, on the website of Palestinian. Media Watch. Um, If you look up palwatch.org, that's where you can find the information. We have every we follow as the as the as the name suggests, Palestinian Media Watch. We follow the Palestinian Authority and we look through the media and through publications of the Palestinian Authority as to what the messages they're providing to the Palestinian people are. Are they messages of peace or are they messages of war? Um, That's where you can find really my work as part of Palestinian media.
0: All right, well, thank you so much. Unfortunately, we've come to the close of our webinar. Thank you, Mr. Hirsch, for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much. And sorry to the people who asked questions uh, um, that I spoke for too long. (laughs)
0: Of course. Uh, For our viewers, please join us Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern for Israel Insider this week with Alex Selsky. Thank you all for joining us and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks again. Bye-bye.